Welcome back, everyone. I'm Matt, your friendly guide here on Stories of a Broken Sun. We are in our third season, Stewards of a Broken Sun, this time around, and we are playing the game uh, Songs for the Dusk. And this time we are having a session where we are going to explore some trade agreements. Uh, fortunately, that actual negotiation will not be happening on screen, so if you are worried about that, don't. And if you are looking forward to that, sorry. But uh, none of us are particularly uh, mercantile ourselves, I don't think, so we don't want to be diving into that, and we'll let the characters who know what they're doing handle it. Today we... Go ahead. I understand the exchange of goods and services, and that's about it. We have a good, and we have a service, and sometimes we want the one for the other. Yes, in my understanding of various economic systems is pretty good, but I don't want to do the actual on-screen negotiations for that. So before we start today, there has been a new tragedy that has come up in my country here in Canada that is part of an ongoing issue uh, of yeah. how we deal with indigenous people and how poorly we do so on purpose. And a lot of the times here in Canada, we like to view ourselves as better than or less racist than or not as bad as uh, our neighbors to the south. And we like to pretend that we're multicultural. But here in Canada, we are a nation built on and still fueled by the genocide of indigenous people. It's not an accident that so many of our laws just happen to disproportionately target Indigenous people, and it's not an oversight that Indigenous people make up about 5% of our population, but 30% of our prison population. It's not a coincidence that Indigenous people are subject to rules that negatively affect their ability to engage power without giving up who they are. Our settler forebears didn't forget to cooperate with the people who already lived here. They deliberately aimed to get rid of them. Indigenous languages and cultural practices didn't disappear just because or because there was something better about the cultures that we brought with us. The rate of death by suicide amongst Indigenous people, especially Indigenous youth, didn't appear out of nowhere. This is a deliberate and ongoing process. It's not only here in Canada, but it is in most settler colonial nations. This process of genocide has not stopped. We've slapped a land acknowledgement over it and kind of called it a day, or we make a few vague gestures and move on. But I would like you to watch what the powerful people here and abroad say about this latest tragedy. So see what powerful people, both in government and corporate spheres, say about it, and then watch what they do about it. Not just this week, not just this year, but when the public outcry has died down, when they put the flags back up to their full mast, when they think that you've forgotten about it, when they think that you've moved on. Keep watching and see what, if anything, changes, because I can pretty much guarantee you that what changes will be nothing. That is why it is extremely important, as we have been saying here for a long time now, to engage with, deliberately, the Indigenous people on whose land you live and work and exist. Many of us are settlers, whether we chose to be born into this role or not, and we should not have the luxury of ignoring that fact and ignoring the ways in which we benefit from the systems designed to absolutely destroy the people whose land we have taken. I will again urge everybody who is listening to this to explore the Settler Saturday hashtags on Twitter to engage with land back in your region to find out on whose land you are living and get in touch with those people and find out what you can do to help them. For many of us, we do not have a powerful voice because we are not wealthy people. 
or because we have or lack other privileges. But for most of us, we are more likely to be able to make an impact than those who are being eradicated. And so we have the duty to wield the power that we have in ways that will be responsible and as effective as they can be. Continue to learn about this and don't look away. With that said, I will once again acknowledge that this podcast is produced on the unceded territory of the Quetzi, Coquitlam, Stalo, Kwantlen, Staminas, and Musqueam people, and the treaty land of the Tuasin First Nation. Please continue to support Indigenous people around the world, especially now. Now, that was a pretty heavy opening, but I didn't want to leave that unaddressed, especially as it's something that we often discuss here on the podcast. Hmm. Sadly, it's the sort of thing where I'm like, oh, of course they did. Yeah. Um, like it's, not a, it's not a surprise that this was found, but it is upsetting uh, to see this once again come into the light and to see the ways in which the Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh, is it was a huge undertaking. It was deeply painful for the indigenous people involved and their stories that they told. And there were over, I think, a hundred calls to action that came out of that just a few years ago. And so far, only 10 of them have even been begun. And many of them have been co-opted by other movements. So just pay attention, look for what's happening and see where you can stand up and stand and step in. Mm. When we last left off, we were once again here in Medleystead, and we had found that the attempts to harness the power of the Lightning Grove to power Medleystead were, in the ways in which Concord Lagoon were first approaching it, not going particularly well. They were attempting to build an outpost that would channel power from the Lightning Groves into Medleystead to give them some electrical power. Unfortunately, something or someone was interfering with reality itself uh, around that area of the Lightning Grove, and it led to a dead zone where no one could go in or out in terms of communication. The uh, wave was not available there, and people were just simply not aware of what was happening. Now, Ollie and Jojo were able to make the trek into that zone and uh, with MP4's help, but uh, there was something in that zone that was shutting off unprotected electronics, including MP and the Express itself. Jojo and Ollie were able to arrive at the outpost and see that there were... It was, it was being sabotaged. There was a mysterious creature that looked kind of like a sea cucumber with a beak and multiple limbs that uh, Jojo had to battle along with Ollie. Uh, during the course of that battle, the outpost exploded and there was a lightning gazer and Jojo was able to ground that while Ollie was able to quickly scrounge together a device to seal the rifts that were breaking open across this part of the Ruderal Expanse. Since then, uh, having returned home, things have been moving along quite briskly at a quick pace in Medleystead. So we see, for example, here in um, Concord Lagoon, the people and researchers have been making a lot of progress based on the information that Ollie brought home. So the destruction of the experimental outpost it yielded a large amount of data, both from optical and long distance observation. And using this information and what Ollie got from their scans, MP4 was able to determine the best way to tap the lightning grow for energy. It was not through an outpost or a power plant or cables or even a mycelial network or anything along those lines, but simply to set up a large, essentially lightning rod tuned to the frequency that invigorates the lightning grove and sticking that on the solar array that stands over 
medley step. And this draws periodic arcs of lightning from the grove to the solar array. So you see, it's kind of like a rainbow of varicolored electricity that streaks from the lightning groves all the way to the solar array you know, a couple times a day. And it just powers it entirely. And the energy that was previously powering the solar array, which was a huge amount of it, is now being freed up for the rest of the city's needs. So the energy issues that the city was uh, dealing with have been, for now, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Deferred. And that was a uh, project that the Concord Lagoon was undertaking that was completed during the last downtime. Using that same information from Ollie, uh, the Wayfinders Guild researchers under Ruth's supervision have been able to examine the device that Ollie made and the scans as well, and they're making a lot of progress on figuring out how rifts work. And their goal is to figure out how they can map a rift's destination or origin based on where and when it appears, where might it go, or when might it go, as there is increasing amounts of information that suggest that these rifts can reach not just through the spaces between uh, the inflorescence, but also through time. Or perhaps time moves differently in different parts of this reality. Uh, the Penitent, while all this is going on, have completed this variety of mysterious buildings that they've been setting up in the various neighborhoods around the city. And it looks like supplies are being moved into them. Um, People keep asking the penitent what they're doing or what's going on with it, but uh, in general, they're remaining tight-lipped about it. They're keeping this, I guess, a surprise, but it's causing a bit of tension uh, in the community because you know the penitent are made up of former Sun residents and people who were formerly part of the Church of Gov. So there's there's always that distrust that much of the community holds towards them. So. Uh, a lot of people have petitioned Concord Lagoon to ask, like, hey, what is this project that's going on? And Lagoon will reply, the project has been approved and was duly voted upon by all citizens, as with all community projects. And that is all the information that they will release. So critics and supporters alike have been trawling through the voting records to try and connect what the penitent are doing to projects that have been voted on and approved over the past years. Um, as a sort of anarchist-type commune here in Medleystead, the idea of direct democracy is very strong. So everybody who lives here has a say in anything that will affect the community at large. There's nothing that's just done to the people or in the name of the people. It's always brought up with, here's what's suggested, here's all the information we can give you about it, what do you think? And then from there, the community makes their vote. So whatever this is has been approved, but a lot of people are kind of at loose ends trying to figure out what it could be. At the same time, there is a fight brewing. We rolled that entanglement last downtime. A fight brewing in the community. And what is happening as we open up here on the beginning of our free play segment is that there are groups of demonstrators who have arrived in the Poxed Cauldron. And they are out front of the mall. The mall, as we know, is a sort of interdimensional gateway. Every once in a while, the displays in the front of it shift to show fashions, materials, supplies, sometimes even people, if they were caught at an unlucky moment, from other realities. And so there are people here demonstrating. And there are two primary groups of demonstrators. One group is here in the wake of, uh, well, both groups are here in the wake of what happened with the outpost. One group is essentially saying, um, we need to stop messing around with rifts. We need to shut down all rift uh, research, all the practical rift research, until we have a way better handle on what this stuff is. 
because every time we have messed with Rift with uh, Rift technology or Rift magic so far, it has gone badly. You know, first we had the pop, and then our, you know, the the uh, Doctor Moonlock power bomb came through and got stranded, and the team sent from Medleystead to explore through there got stranded on their end when that rift unexpectedly closed. Uh, so we lost people there, and then, you know, there was this outpost that blew up. And beyond that, there was the train that was threatening the fabric of reality. So they're just saying, stop. Stop all of it. It's just no more. Until we have a way better theoretical understanding of this, we should not be messing around with the practicality of it in any way. And this group is, you know, fairly vocal, of course, and they are, uh, they have... Uh, a fairly charismatic uh, person who is sort of leading the charge here, and that person is Bryson Stokes, who is uh, at the head of this group of demonstrators. Everybody's holding signs, or they've got pictures and their memes and such. Uh, Bryson Stokes is uh, four foot nine, and Bryson uh, looks a lot like a, uh, a gopher, but is a anthropomorphic style gopher, is a gene hacked human. Uh, Bryson has the sort of irrepressible energy about him. His face is round, he's got a cleft chin, big nose, large lips. Uh, his blue eyes are large as well. Uh, well, the eyes are... It's like a concentric rings in his eyes between blue, brown, black, and green. Like concentric circles of it heading in towards the pupil. Um, he does have longer hair on his head. It's about shoulder length, it's braided. He's got practical clothes, fairly new, colorful, they fit him well. He's got a dark gold torque set with smooth iolite ovals, which is an indigo shaded gem. Uh, most of his clothes are also indigo and caramel shaded. And uh, he's holding up a, a big sign saying, you know, no more rifts or shut down the rifts, seal the rifts. On the other side of this conflict, this growing um, group of demonstrators that keeps, people keep arriving and joining one side or the other of this, or just watching. On the other side, you have people saying the only way for us to be f safe and to move forward with this is to just dive in and just get it over with. The only way that we will understand rifts quickly enough to keep ourselves safe is by continuing to do it as safely as we can, but also as quickly as we can. Because we know there are other people out there who can create rifts, who can come through rifts, who can control rifts. And if they can do it and we can't, What's to stop them from simply coming in here and doing what they want, or sending things in here secretly, or messing with us behind our backs? And we need to get back in touch with the rest of Havilon, if it still exists. And to do that, we need to be able to control rifts ourselves. So these are these two opposing philosophies, and this is sort of coming to a head right now in the wake of this outpost uh, explosion. So where do we find Ollie, Keva, and... Um, reaching through the night as this demonstration is, you know, all over the media, all over the news, and beginning to start to look like it's going to get heated. The, the people who are saying we need to dive into this rift stuff, they are headed up by Chiron Justice, who's 5'3". They are, uh, they look angry, determined. Their face is kind of squarish, big nose, thin-lipped. Uh, they got brown eyes as well, tapered eyebrows. They have uh, short hair in a... It's called a TWA, a teeny weeny afro. It's just like a really short cut natural <laughs> black hair. I, I know, it's, that's what it's called. So good. Yeah, and it's just uh, close to the head, curly, uh, not curly, kinky hair. And uh, yeah, they have scruffy clothes. They're earthy colored clothing, no jewelry on them. And uh, they are holding up signs about 
you know, get in there, trip the rifts for our own protection. Uh, right, today I am joined by the players of those characters I mentioned, so I should introduce them. Uh, so we'll start off with uh, Keekers. Keekers, you're here playing Keva. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yes, hi everyone. It's me, Keekers, also known as Bia's Base Cat. I use she, her pronouns, and today I am playing Keva Jarma, who is also a possessor of she, her pronouns. And yes, that's all. Thank you. And we've got Mike with us. Hello, everyone. It's still me, Mike Blood. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm reprising my role of reaching through the night. Who is he, him? He's a starfish man. He sure is. And we've got Trudy with us today. Hi, this is Trudy. I play Ollie Oxenfree, the resident scrapper. Our pronouns are both uh, they, them. And uh, Ollie is definitely in the camp of um, research, research, research. Okay. And once again, I'm Matt, your friendly guide here. My pronouns are here, they. You can find me on Twitter at Ycaliber, follow the show at Broken Sun RPG, or visit our website, brokensunrpg.com. All right. Uh, yeah, we open up. We have a, a crane shot of these gathering crowds, and the tensions are growing. Um, there aren't police in Medleystead, because why would there be? But uh, you can see that there are people starting to, like, show up in between these groups as well being like oh we maybe we need some maybe we need some mediation uh here before this gets out of hand uh so where do we find the myriad i guess where do the myriad come down on this each members of them yeah uh, like i said earlier ollie's totally pro you know researching as much as possible so that's where they stand and does that mean doing the practical research as in the trying and doing it or in trying to do more theoretical research and not doing any more of the practical aspects. Uh, no, she. Uh, they're more on the, um, you know, get your hands dirty and, and figure it out as quickly as possible. Not, you know, just waiting and, and being cautious. Um, they definitely feel like we need to, to get out there and figure it out as quickly as possible. Okay. How about Keva or Reaching? I think that Keva, you know, it's hard because I think that she's busy and is kind of like trying to stop herself from doom scrolling or whatever this futuristic uh version of that is so like there will be po but it's not really working so there will be points when she tries to throw herself into something else mm -hmm. and then um other work and then there will be points where she just gets distracted and is stuck watching this and I have to say that Keva is more on the lines of we need to have Riff, but very carefully dealing with them because she had some friends that went on the other side there and got stuck there. And she really would like them to be able to come back and be able to control it. Yeah, it's been a long time since we've heard anything from Zora, who was leading that mission. Mm hmm. How about reaching through the night? I think reaching is very much a proponent of a, a lot of oversight needs to go into researching this because i i know that's going to push this he knows that the uh the idea of more government oversight is just going to push more people into um the dark corners and keep having events like the the runaway train but it, it just seems like further evidence that there really needs to be a, a stark control of the technology and the research hmm. okay uh so how this works in terms of it being an entanglement Hello. Sorry about that. Blew through all my alarms. Oh, hey, Velvet. Howdy. We're also joined by uh, Velvet. Do you want to introduce yourself before we dive into this little bit here? 
Absolutely. Uh, dark greetings, everyone. My name is Velvet. I use favorite pronouns, and I will be playing JoJo Draws, who uses they, them, and is definitely not a huge JoJo reference. Nope. All right. Uh, so, because of the entanglement that we rolled, community conflict, a fight breaks out in your community. Head it off, shut it down, or spend shells equal to your prosperity plus one to repair the damage. So... Uh, you have the opportunity to head it off at this point because it is still tensions brewing. There hasn't gotten, nobody's thrown hands yet and hopefully nobody will. Uh, you know, there's no loud shouting or screaming or anything going on yet. People are just chanting one side or the other and, you know, there's people arguing, uh, you know, person to person in the no person's land in between these two lines that have been drawn uh, between we need to shut down all the practical rift research on one side and the, we need to dive in and just get it over with as safely but as quickly as we can proponents on the other end. How do you want to handle it? Do you want to try and head it off, shut it down, or do you want to wait for it to blow over and then we'll have to spend, looks like, one shell to repair the damage to this area of the city? I think eventually Kevik just gets fed up with it and then she's like, okay, we're going to need a lot of things people can write on and a giant receptacle to collect them. And then we're going to tell everyone. Put down what you think and put it in the piece of paper and we'll have people read them. And we will decide. We will see each point of view and then decide from there where people that could go either way think. I, I don't know. Something like that? Do you want to try and turn this demonstration into a forum, essentially? Yes. Okay. That's certainly something you can try to do. That's going to... It'll, it'll require some roles, is what I'll say, if you want to... Uh, de-escalate this and turn it from people shouting their ideas at each other to people having an actual conversation about it. But it is, it's possible because of the culture of Medleystead being one of constant direct democracy and constant arguing about stuff. Like that's what people do here because everyone's invested in making the community the best it can be. But this is a, a I think it's a flashpoint that has been brewing ever since rifts started happening, especially ever since the pop. So it's, it'll be possible to try and turn this into a forum. Uh, what do the rest of you think? That sounds pretty reasonable and not an impossible task. So I, I would yeah. support that decision. Agreed. Yep. Okay. Now, Ollie, you are you are known to the people in general now because you know you you developed a machine that can seal rifts. And as we were talking about during our sort of uh, last off-camera, as it were, meeting, what you have done is because it's so recent, a lot of people don't really fully understand it. So there's a lot of misunderstandings of people thinking that Ollie knows how to control rifts now, rather than Ollie can, in an emergency, turn them off or stop them, uh, which is the actual case. Uh, so people know about you in general, so people might mm -hmm. be willing to listen to you. And of course, people know Keva, you know, that's, that's Keva. There's songs about her. And you know, the Sunbreakers and all that. So there's certainly going to be some opportunity there. Like some people might know about Jojo, the interdimensional traveler. Some people might know about reaching through the night, a scout, but probably like you're not famous at this point. Uh, so, you know, you do have lever, you do have leverage there between, uh, between Ollie and Keva for sure. Yeah. The, the only problem is, is that Ollie's not big on big crowds and talking to big crowds of people. That's more Keva's arena. Mm. Ollie's happy to explain anything to Keva that might be helpful and, you know, moving things along. But I don't think Ollie would feel comfortable stepping in to speak up just because they're very nervous about 
crowds and having a whole bunch of eyes on them. Yeah, of course. You could maybe like get Ollie to record something and Keva could bring that with her. Oh, Ollie would be down for that. Ollie's issue is just... Yeah, yeah, I, I understand. Yeah. I teach a lot of, you know, I teach public speaking. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm very familiar with ways yeah. uh, ways to adapt those activities for uh, students with anxiety. Yeah. If someone if someone suggested that, Ollie would agree to do it. So I think that Kev was basically like, okay, everyone, I'm... And, and she sighs. I'm going to get mixed up in another loud talking thing. Um, Ollie, I know that you would feel uncomfortable doing that. So maybe you'd like to like write some notes for me to read or like record something. Yeah, Ollie, Ollie nods vigorously. <laughs> because I guess a lot of people have thoughts that that doohickey you made can open portals when it could just shut them. Yeah. Um, I'll get something together real soon. Uh, g give me, give me 15. I'll, I'll figure something out. Okay, perfect. Now we just need to figure out how to start this forum. You'll probably need to get there and get through the crowd and then get attention on yourselves. So, I mean, there are, there are people in this group who are good at all of those things. So we can maybe do uh, a couple of group roles and, and see where that lands us, if that is okay with all of you. Okay. Yeah, sure. Keva like looks at Jojo and is like, Jojo, I'm going to need you to help me get attention onto me. I was thinking you could drive a gigantic like stair lift thing. Podium? I can do that. You think reaching can find the best way through the crowd? <laughs> I, I was gonna say like yeah. we could maybe use the speakers on my suit. Okay. We yeah. also I also have bright lights that I can use. <laughs> built-in spotlights. Keva flinches at the bright lights to get attention thing, and then it's like, yeah, okay. That's the point of it. We cut to you making your way through the crowd, and are, do you have, like, a, a mech or a stair car or something? What's the deal that we're it's working with here? Car. I don't know where Keva got the stair car. I need to roll for the start stair car, probably. You can have a stair car. It's <laughs> fine. It's <Yeah>. just... <laughs> I'm just imagining like arrested development. <laughs> I have to Google what a stair car is now. I don't think I've ever seen one in the wild. Hear me <laughs> out. It's a Centauran stair car. Hmm. Oh, okay. There's a bunch of like it's it's got repulsor lift technology and it's just covered in etchings of fish and um Palacian creatures. That's fine. As long as Keva can stand up on it. Okay. Here's the problem. When you Google stair car... It's all the Bluth company one. It's all... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Every single result. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, there's one that's not Bluth company. There's one. Okay. I have a stranglehold on this market. <laughs> the Bluth company. <laughs> a proud sponsor of the Captain America Winter Soldier film. Oh, there you go. But yeah, it's, it's a car with a stairwell on the back, so you can walk up it. Couldn't be more what it is. <laughs> it's what it says. All right, so we cut to you're you're driving the stair car and probably reaching is like finding the roots of least resistance, uh, getting people out of the way. Maybe there's a speaker or something as you're driving your way into the poxed cauldron. Um, Ollie, did you stay at the aquarium or are you in the stair car? Um, Ollie, Ollie will go with everyone, um, but they're not going to draw any attention to themselves. They're probably like hidden away somewhere to watch things. Hat pulled low <laughs> over their face. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you're you're able to get through there, and I think what we'll need to do is uh, I'm going to set up a short clock for swaying the crowd here, uh, or de I'm swaying the crowd makes it sound manipulative. A, a clock for de-escalating the situation. So I'm going to set up a, a clock here. So we've got a four tick clock to de-escalate the conflict going on with the crowd. First thing you'll need to do is get their attention, and then you'll probably need to make your case. Oh, I thought I was going to tune first to get a feel of everything, but that's fine. Yeah, uh, I mean, you can do that as well. I'm not here to, t I d I'm not going to tell you, like, these are the steps you need to fill the clock, even though that's what it sounds like I was saying. Just in general, you'll need their attention before you can talk to them. So if you want to tune and, like, like you said, get the vibe of the place, that makes perfect sense, too. Keva's going to read the vibes. Um, we are... Okay, so we're we're in a uh, risky situation at the moment. Uh, so keep that in mind as we go forward with this with these roles. And I think to tune the people here are not hiding their emotions or anything, so it's not going to be uh, difficult to to read the vibe. So I think it will be risky with standard effect. Well then. All right, you rolled a six, so that's a success. Oh yeah, you're able to feel the tensions in the air and like get an idea what the what the currents might be. You know, I have a sort of mental image of Keva, I don't know, like licking a finger and holding it up to the wind, but instead of reading the, you know, the, the wind, it's reading the vibes. Can I, can I get a vibe check on the crowd? Please? Yeah, you can, you can see the way people are leaning. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, this is a, a pot on the verge of boiling. It's, uh, it's those moments when you can see the bubbles forming and the pots beginning to shake and shudder, uh, but things have not burst into motion as yet. They're simmering as it's going on and, and people are getting worked up. People are talking at each other and past each other at this point. No one is really talking to each other. So that's the vibe you've got. Uh, what would you like to do to de-escalate this vibe that you've determined? Anyone anyone can participate in this aspect of, of the scene. Yeah, someone else, go ahead. Turn on your speakers. Start playing music. <laughs> Summon Bill and Ted. Oh, if only. <laughs> oh, they're gonna they're gonna lull the old one back to sleep. <laughs> there we go. If only Bell Camp were here. If only. Oh my gosh, was that a Bill and Ted reference this whole time? Uh, no, that was Wayne's World. Uh, Wayne's World. Yeah, where is Bell Camp? Probably with the rest of the uh, the Revel of Elico somewhere. Vibing in the void. Maybe we'll find wherever they are. So. Jojo or reaching? You want to work on? Getting attention or making some space. Here, Jojo, why don't you um, just speak into my helmet and I'm going to project whatever Jojo says. I, I had forgotten for a brief moment that reaching had a, had a Scotch accent. It's not supposed to be Scotch, it's supposed <laughs> to be Irish, but... Sorry, sorry, Irish it's gonna, accent. It's going to slide in and out because I'm terrible at things. <laughs> oh, Jojo definitely didn't have a speech prepared. They were only ready to be the muscle, but... We can speak from our muscles as well. Mm. No, mm -hmm. the, I, the, they will, you know, rely on their tried and true method. So I think, depending on how like jacked up the volume is, uh, and I mean jacked up as in like turned up, not like broken. You just hear several grunts as JoJo is essentially posing into the speakers, <laughs> and I, I use my lights to project <laughs> to project a hologram of JoJo. That is several times larger than JoJo. Oh my gosh. Is this going to end up like Final Fantasy X-2? <laughs> where it's like these two 
different parties are fighting and then Yuna's like, I know what will help stop them fighting. I'm gonna throw a concert. <laughs> that makes sing. sense to me. That's all that's all Shinra Core ever needed. They needed a big concert. Needed a big concert. Um it sounds like you're trying to connect with the crowd, Jojo. Does that sound Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the position is still risky. I would say this is standard effect as well. You know, a big hologram of a of a shark person doing cool poses will definitely get attention. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, positive attention. It's gonna be great. I feel it. Uh, I will unleash my ability to rival Metal Gear. Uh, some eerily similar to, but legally distinct enough from Blue Steel. Okay. Yep. Yep. Now you rolled a three. That's all right. <laughs> 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 starting off hot all right well you got a good vibe check at the start here uh all right where was i here uh consequences you know what second they, thought, i don't know why i asked you they just haven't seen zoolander or didn't get blue steel okay so uh let's see here i think as you are doing your large holographic poses uh people who are watching take it the wrong way and they feel that it is like you are trying to like maybe advertise something or make this about you. Like it's like when you show up to a trending hashtag or something and try to advertise your business and it'd be like, Oh, you know what the, the real hashtag about a serious thing is here would be if you came and, and downloaded my thing or went to my shop and, and bought this shirt that I just made about this thing. So people feel like you're sort of trying to profit attention-wise or something-wise off of this large gathering of people in some unrelated way, which is going to reduce a faction status by one uh, because people will feel that this reflects badly on the myriad in general. Uh, so, of course, you can always resist consequences. Uh, I would like to try to resist those consequences. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say it was going to reduce your, your faction relations with uh, the Society for the Rediscovery of Lost Cultures, who are here in force on the pro-Rift side. And I'm seeing you like, oh, what's, what's the Myriad doing here trying to make this about themselves? What's going on here? Uh, yeah, so you can try to resist this. I guess it would probably be by trying to clarify your intentions, maybe. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I I like the the society. I don't want to. I don't want them to think ill of us. Uh, so it's probably going to be semiosis resistance in that case. All right. What a That's bizarre turn of events <laughs> we have engaged in. <laughs> All right. It looks like you got two dice in semiosis now. Let's go. So four. So it gives you two stress uh, from from that resistance. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you are able to through your your poses and such clarify what you actually meant to do here and uh, so that helps them not think too badly of it like oh okay i guess i guess maybe they are here trying to help uh cool things down a bit what else do we want to try to cool this down i'm just gonna try to connect with everyone now but not by singing <laughs> i mean it worked out for them <laughs> okay give it a shot I mean i know a lot of that song but i don't want to sing it i I am now embarrassed that I know that much of the song, actually, that now that I think about it. Oh, boy! Oh, no. All right. So you got a, a one here. You got a double one. Two ones there. Oh, okay. boy. Well, uh, Discord really did want me to sing there. Okay. Oh, a thousand <laughs> have never... Uh, oh, the good news is I forgot to tick up the clock for the success that you got in tuning, so I'll do that, but it doesn't fill the clock. Those two ticks you'd get for standard effects. Okay, so you got a one here. Hmm. You lose this opportunity for action. 
uh, people are they they see Kevin get up and you know on top of the stair car and start trying to talk and there's the hologram of the shark doing these poses to draw attention towards it and I think just the crowd is not having any of it and you're going to have to find a different way to de-escalate the crowd. At this point, they're not going to listen to you making an impassioned speech at this point. You'll need a different way to get to them. Maybe you'll want to, I don't know, access through their, access them through the wave or show them something or something along those lines that will try to help de-escalate this, but they're not going to listen to you making a speech. They'll just shout over you or drown you out the same way they're doing to each other. How do we reach these crowds? Love, do you have that video handy? Maybe I could stream it to everyone over the wave. Mm, yeah, we can do that. So Ollie will, you know, send it over the wave. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's probably, let's see. It sounds like shape to me. Yeah. Right, code, repair, malfunctioning technology. Is it shape or am I thinking? No, I think shape makes sense. Uh, yeah, so you're risky, and it'll be standard because you you know you know how to work the how to work the wave, how to communicate with people over the over the wave as well. So we'll give that a roll. The wave. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> Stop! Stop it! It's a, it's two twos. <laughs> this is just supposed to be an opening scene. <laughs> now the crowd no, is the conflict of the session. Yeah. Jojo's gonna commit a war crime. It's gonna be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we're never leaving this we're never leaving this square. Um people yeah. start to get people start to get angry as they see like a pop-up appear and like a video start playing and they're like, hey, isn't that the isn't that the person who can control rifts? What's this video about? And like they try to click on it. But what happens is that someone has hijacked your broadcast. So instead of a video about you, Ollie, explaining what's going on, they get they get an ad for a video game. Oh my god. Can I resist that on Ollie's behalf? Yes, of course you can. You can always protect. That's one of the moves you can do. I think someone's trying to hijack the signal. I'm going to try to trace it back to them and, you know, fuzz it. The skip ad button right away. <laughs> not, I'm building a skip ad button. Not having this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this uh, for resistance here, you'll be doing as analysis. All right, that's two dice. Okay, give it a shot. Two stress. Okay, so that costs you two stress, uh, but you were able to put in the, the skip thing there, and as you are tracing back up this line to see where that interruption came from, uh, like you're, you're not able to find just in this way. All you can find is that it came from somewhere, and whoever it was that was uh, putting in that ad, you know, they are hastily covering their tracks. And it would take a sort of sustained effort to try and find them at this point. But they see it's someone who knows what they're doing. That's the best you can get from just a resistance roll on that place. But you're able to put the ad in. Uh, so people start to see this video game ad, but instead they, uh, you know, most of them have closed the video instead of watching it at this point. But you could give it another shot or we could try something else or we can just accept that this is going to explode and try and clean up afterwards. You know, I'm going to set a shell aside just in case. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I want to try is to see if we can just holo do a large hologram screen of it, you know. Okay, uh, so you want to do a large hologram screen and like something that will just dominate the skyline and sort of force people to pay attention to what you're saying. Yeah, it's not going to dominate. It's It's not going to be like huge all over the place. It's just like the... What's a good size? 20 foot, 30 foot hologram that shows up over there where it's going to get a lot of attention. Okay. Uh, well, give it a shot. This is probably 
maybe trying to connect. I think either this is connect or command at this point. Yeah, part of me was like shape, but I, I don't mind doing connect. Yeah, like we've established that you can make big holograms at this point, um, at least in this area. So it's more the the content of that that I think is is important. Okay. All right. So you got a five uh, on a standard effect. So that's going to give you two ticks. So that does fill up the clock. Oh, golly gee. Uh, okay. Georgia will be on standby to intercept any uh, problems. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the big hologram appears and people sort of grudgingly look up at it. And like some of the people in the crowd are actually watching the video. Like they didn't immediately shunt the, the video player aside after the ad came up. Like they saw the skip button and then they press it and they were like, oh, well, maybe I should listen to what uh, what Ollie, the Rift tech, has to say. And then other people are, are listening to the big hologram of of Kevin suggesting, you know, why don't we do this the way that we do things here instead of shouting at each other? Let's give it a shot of talking it out. And, you know, we may not all be satisfied with uh, with the conclusion, but it's better than destroying our community. Yeah. So I think people are grudgingly and over the course of a long time sort of willing to start talking each other down and be like, yeah, they're, you know, we're pissed off, but uh, we can we can approach this in a better way. And I think that's able to uh, head off the uh, the the situation here. The entanglement is dealt with. People sort of gradually drain away from the poxed cauldron, and you are able to return home uh, just in time to get your latest assignment. So as you return back to the aquarium, you can see that there is a a note that you have received uh, at your you know central message receiving area. And uh, so the, this is from the Bazaar Merchants Collective, and you see uh, a person that you would probably recognize because they're one of the people who is outspoken and often, you know, does public addresses uh, on behalf of the Bazaar Merchants Collective, and it's uh, Professor Jake Dandy. Yes. And we established Professor Jake Dandy as, in the Bazaar Merchants Collective, uh, a personable and interested in the work of others. They're proud of their unique crafts, but not obnoxious about it. And their unique crafts are clockwork. So they are a uh, they are a clockwork cyborg themselves. Their lower body is uh, constructed from clockwork. They have the large jumping legs of a kangaroo mouth a mouse, not kangaroo mouth, a kangaroo mouse. And uh, they're also the rest uh -huh. of them an anthropomorphic kangaroo mouse person. Uh, they're formerly from the fleet, and they work with a team of apprentices and fellow craftspeople who are interested in the similar like clockwork style cybernetics aesthetic. And uh, Professor Jake Dandy's pronouns are they and them. And they are speaking to you and, uh, you know, they tip their hat and, uh, you know, then are holding the hat between their hands. Very earnest expression. And they say, uh, well, what we would like to discuss with you today is that we have made contact with a group of visitors from another realm. They came through the rift that had formed in Capybarawl's old burrow. I don't know if you remember some time ago, but Capybarawl, uh, was ill and was causing a bit of a trouble and the monster care squad went to take care of it but uh after that there was this lightning storm at the bottom of their burrow and some people came through and we've been talking to them and they've been talking to us and uh we're setting up a trade route between medleystead and where they're from it's it's a it's a republic they say on the other side of this rift they, they claim to represent a large number of, uh, of habitations, of cities and towns across the inflorescence in which we find ourselves. So it seems like a very advantageous proposition for us to work with them to the extent that we can. 
So the people that we've come through, they're representatives of this republic, and their group is called Cable. They say they're the consortium of Amphophidan brokers, lenders, and entrepreneurs. That's the, the republic is called the Amphophidan Republic. Uh, so we need to kind of determine the best and most equitable way to engage in trade with them, given that, uh, well, we don't we don't really do currency here, uh, but they really do currency. Like, it's it's their thing. They like, you know, capital and the, the, the growth and development thereof. And we got to figure out how to deal with them in a good way. So uh, we're going to be working with, uh, of course, you know, the, the Concord Lagoon and uh, in our talks with the people from Cable here. But uh, we have our suspicions, as we should, of any group of people coming in here and, and hoping to engage in some type of exchange with us. And some of the things that they've said and some of the things that they've done have, have led us to be a little bit suspicious of their intentions. And we would like you to look into that while we're at the table with them. Do you think that's something you'd be able to do? Just keep an eye on the people who are here from the Republic. See what they're up to. Did they come with an armed contingent? Um, that's a good point. Professor Jake Dandy um, pauses and you can see their eyes sort of looking up uh, as if they're reading something out of a, a display that only they can see, which is how a lot of people access the wave. And they say, we're not sure. Because of the differences in technology, It's we're not sure. We don't know. They came with people. You know, uh, a couple dozen people came with them. They could just be merchants and people from the caravan, uh, people who are here to set up a trade route. Maybe some of them are guards. Some of them could be spies, for all we know. That's kind of why we need your help. There's nothing that we've seen that are obviously weapons, but that doesn't mean a lot, given that magic exists, you know, mm. and nanotechnology. A weapon could be as tiny as a, a fly. Or a nano machine. <laughs> yeah. Well, what do they look like, these unfortunates? Oh, lots of different things. I, As I said, they're a republic. Uh, they seem to have, again, I... Without knowing more, I can't say how they have achieved this, but much like us, they have a fairly eclectic uh, collection of person and body types. The the main person we're in touch with, Coda Briffitt, uh, and he, uh, sorry, and they send over a uh, sort of a hollow of Coda Briffitt, and uh, Coda Briffitt is just a sort of a, a tube of particulate floating in the air, twisting around, oh. and that's it's like a not not even a cloud. It's like visible pieces of particulate that are floating uh, together in this tube-like shape, uh, twisting around in the air. And uh, it says, this is Coda, and another of the ones we saw uh, looked sort of like uh, a duck with four humanoid arms. And uh, we saw another person that looked uh, sort of like a sea cucumber uh, with a beak. And we've seen all kinds of different body types. So it's uh, not not Anyone that doesn't look like someone you'd see from here, but that's a that's a wide sample type, you know. See, we have gingerbread people, so it's it's getting worse, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's difficult to know who's not from here, right? That's I suppose I don't want to call it a danger, but a, I suppose it's a potential drawback of complication. A complication. That's a good way of putting it. Thank you. Reaching. Keva stops for a second and like has given Ollie and Jojo some side eyes of that sea cucumber person, partly because of the fact that uh, she noticed that description and is like, okay. I can 
show you the people that we know for sure are with them, the ones that they came with. I, I can send you a dossier with their information that we've been able to gather. Uh, I just, I don't know if there are others who are not as obviously with them. Like, as you know, we, we don't carry out mass surveillance or, you know, that type of thing here in Medleystead. So it, it, people could be here that we don't know about. You can see as you are speaking to Professor Jake Dandy, there is a notification that you have another call waiting. Reach, reaching looks over at Keva, just waiting to see her course of action. Yes, we have another um, call coming in. We're up for it. How about you send us those dossier and we'll start planning uh, some of our actions from this point forward and um, take this other call. Is that all right with you? Oh, absolutely. I was just hoping to to get your okay and and let us know that let us know that you're able to take this on. We really appreciate it. I'm Become gonna, highly recommended by Concord Lagoon. Oh, thank you very much. Um, I'm gonna go with a hard probably. Okay. All right. And uh, all right. I'll say hi to Jolly and uh, Emran. I'm gonna drop by there a little bit later today before the talks, and uh, I will talk to you all soon after the talks, and hopefully. You'll have something interesting to tell us, but hopefully not too interesting, if you know what I mean. Yep. And they wink and they reach up and uh, wave a hand. Their call ends. And the you, you notice that the indicator for call waiting has started like flashing more determinedly in a way that it's not supposed to uh, in the way that the system is designed. Well, Keva opens it. The icon sort of bursts open and you see a uh, the Logistarch's face. Face. Yeah. Just like it's just looming in the room. And uh, after a moment... Okay, but quick question. What does the Logistarch's face look like? Uh, it can look like whatever she wants it to look like. But at the moment, it's just like a big a big 3D hologram of a face. Like a fairly... It's recognizable as the Logistarch, but uh, it's not like... This is the version of the Logistarch's avatar that you are used to interacting with. Okay. So it's like a it's mechanical face plate. Uh, like a robot, it's a robot face, but a robot face that is like a simplified humanoid face, like, uh, you know, slits for eyes, a slight bump for a nose, yeah. and uh, a mouth that doesn't move, but which emits sound from a speaker in there. Okay. It's almost almost a mask, but metallic. I have an idea. Okay. It says, what took you so long? Trade Couldn't you deal. tell it was me? Trade? Oh, well, actually, I guess that's quite important. Okay. And she pauses for a moment and realizes how huge she, huge she's projected her face into the aquarium and adjusts it back to a, a much smaller size. Apologies, I'm just... <clears throat> Very well. Are you finished with your previous call? We can talk. Good. That video game advertisement from earlier today? Yes. That was very annoying. I'm suspicious. I don't think it's from here. Yeah, it was very weird looking from what I saw. Um, not like any of the ones around here that I've heard of. Not a developer I'm name I know of. Okay, now have you talked to what's their name? Uh, Professor uh, Jerk, Professor Jerk Dandelion. Have you spoken to them recently? Jerk Dandelion. You know, for the merchant. Oh, Jake. What? Yes, uh, that's, yes, that's what I said. Yes. Have you spoken to them recently? They, they were the person I was just talking to. Okay, so they told you about the game. No, they told me about uh, a trade deal. This, the, the, this is the matter with, uh, with Cable? Yes. Okay. Uh, did they hire you to... Are you negotiating? Uh, she looks I, vaguely horrified. They want to... The, the 
Collectives. Okay, the bizarre collective. You can say yes or no, dear. They're they're negotiating. They're negotiating. They're negotiating. And you are... I am, we've been hired, and I said a hard probably, um, to surveil this cable group that has come through. Surveillance. Okay, good. Yes. Please do that to see if they are related to this video game. Is there any sort of signature that came along with the game advertisement that we'd be able to scan them for subtly? I'm working on it, but it appears to be some type of direct transmission virtual reality experience, meaning that... Hmm. I don't think it was designed with the wave in mind, but it has been modified to function on the wave. So people could simply download this and play it uh, with their brains. Games like this are not uncommon, of course, but... Yeah, it reminds me... Sorry, it reminds me of the, you know, virtual reality from the sun. Something along those lines. Uh, yes, some, yes, similar to that. Keva is obviously displeased. Well, if you full, think, full immersion simulation. If you think it's coming from the Enforfitan Republic, that would imply that they might have had enough time to study the way the wave works. Yes, that's why I'm worried. Uh, I don't like this at uh, all. Yeah, a reaching opens one of the dossiers immediately. Uh, yeah, there's a variety of different people in there, like, a couple of dozen, but uh, scanning through them, and we can sort of abstract this. If you scan through this along with the Logistark, she can sort of help you um, what's the word? prioritize these, at least according to the ones that she thinks are more likely to be involved in this kind of thing, like people that she thinks from her limited information might have this kind of skill or something along those lines. And, you know, you're working on very sketchy information, but again, she is very smart. I'd also like to uh, cross-reference that with um, anyone who might have... I know these dossiers are extremely limited, but I, I want to cross-reference uh, the Logistark's ideas with anyone who might have military ties. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can give that a, a shot. We can move into, like, the mission prep phase at this point. Uh, so essentially, you have your main objective, which is to keep an eye on the cable people and see what they're getting up to during the talks. And you have a secondary objective, a bonus objective, from the Logistark uh, to figure out if they are connected to this video game. Uh, so if you want to start on your mission prep, we can do that now, uh, which is the mission. Okay, planning an engagement. Uh, your crew spends time planning each mission. Uh, we don't need to see everything that they're doing. We look at what type of plan they have. your characters have made. Then we'll do an engagement roll, and that will require a detail for the type of plan. And of course, you can do information gathering uh, before you start on a mission, or you can always flash back to that during a mission if you wish. So your missions, gathering information. So you are gathering information here. And when we're gathering information, we assume a uh, controlled position and gather information roles have, uh, uh, they don't really have the same type of consequence, just the level that you get uh, affects the quality of information that you receive. So reaching, you were cross-referencing the Logistark's uh, assumptions and um, projections with uh, information that you were would be trying to dig up on what little is known about military or armed forces related to Anthophita, which is not much, but you might be able to find some patterns. So to do that, um, how are you approaching this? Are you just doing research? Or... I think so. But what meager stuff is available, maybe the maybe I reach out to the flotilla to see if they know anything that 
the um, the bazaar isn't privy to. Okay. So this might be decipherers specifically do research and analyze data, but trace is find something or someone hidden. So that's conceivably a way we could approach it. I would go with trace because uh, that seems to fit what what reaching how reaching would approach this. Like this isn't me por- coursing through data. This is me talking to connects and trying to draw lines. Okay. So yeah, uh, roll your trace and we'll see how much info you get. Oh, you already did that. Okay. A uh, three. Okay. So limited information. Yeah. Like we said, it is difficult to find much of anything on these people because they've, we assume recently arrived, but it's hard to say for certain. But what you can figure out is that the dossier does include uh, a person who has a similar body type to the being that Jojo and Ollie battled recently at the outpost. It doesn't appear to be the same individual, but it looks like a similar species. It looks like the same species. The Republic is a broad tapestry made up of a lot of different threads, but they might be using this particular species as advanced shock troops or saboteurs. Of course, this is all conjecture, but something. Anyone else want to do any prep or research before we launch into this surveillance? stuff i would i would maybe having faced off against the sea cucumber folks i wonder if i could find anything more about them specifically okay um without going to speak to one of them the answer is probably no uh given that again there's just not much information about the anthophidan republic at this point i guess you you could look at the recordings if uh, i guess you don't really have recordings from that mission because of the way technology was affected you could meditate on your memories of that encounter and see if there's anything else you could notice. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Okay. That's probably two? Uh, yeah, or two it makes be, sense. It could be Decipher or whichever works it for you. It should be two because I have no Decipher. <laughs> well, okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you go for it then. Uh, let's let's tune and see what you got. Because you can't read. <laughs> they might not be able to. Words in the Zot. But no words, only shells. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this counting as collect info? Yeah. Uh, so because of my intercepting fist, when I collect info about possible threats to the team, uh, I get plus one impact. Okay, great. Super cool ability. I love that. Okay. Fours. Fours Four. all around. So that'd be standard information, but because of your intercepting fist, that means you get good information. Hey, hey Jojo. Noise. Okay. Um, okay. Fun thing. There's a fun thing here that that is going to happen, but before the fun thing happens, you are doing your meditation, I assume, in your quarters at the aquarium. Indeed. So I'm going to guess that your meditation isn't sitting there, you know, in a space humming or whatever. What what is what does Jojo do for meditation? Uh, It's a meditation in motion. So I I don't want to. Yeah, that's kind of what I was guessing. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to say it's exactly Tai Chi, but I the closest analog I can come up with. Something that's just uh, intentional, but fluid emotions. Okay. So, yeah, a type of almost martial arts adjacent movement. Right. Probably something very slow and deliberate, like like you were saying. Okay. So as you were doing this, it's almost like you find yourself moving through the exchanges you had with that. At this point, we can assume it's a person, not just a, a being or a creature. That was a person that you were battling. Because if there are more of them and they are part of this republic, then it's a person, right? So the person, you're going back through that encounter in your mind. And as you do, it's like you can begin to understand their intentions or their feelings through how they moved and how they fought. And the way 
that they fought and the things that they were carrying, you notice in your memories, as your memories become so clear, as you move through these motions, replaying this encounter in, in your inner eye, you can see that the equipment that that person was wearing looks to be of a similar make to what you can see some of these cable people carrying. It's not the same stuff, but it's like you can recognize the signature or the style of it. Similar materials, similar aesthetics to it, uh, the technology that they wear. So it seems like even if it's not the same faction, they're at least from the same style of technology that, uh, that these people are from. There's a definite connection there. So even if they're not working together, they are from the same place, whoever it was that was messing with the outpost and these cable people. All right. The fun thing that happens is as you are reaching this moment of realization, that shell that you were compelled to bring with you, uh, it opens and the ooze inside of the shell, you notice this out of the corner of your eye as you are coming out of your meditative state. You can just briefly see it before the ooze collapses and the shell closes again. The ooze was mimicking your movements and your shape. And it, 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 uh, it flattens out back into this sort of star speckled. Uh, you know how, like when you look at asphalt under the sun, there's those glowing specks where the light reflects off the minerals in it. Yes. The, yeah, the ooze is like that, but, but a, you know, a goo. And it sort of flattens and stills out again, and the shell closes back over it but there's still that broken part of the shell you can see inside it a little bit but the ooze is back to being motionless i'm kind of flattered also unnerved mm. now anytime um this is something to keep in mind going forward and I'll, I'll remind you about this anytime that you start thinking too hard about this shell or anytime you begin to investigate it or think of it about telling someone about this shell it's like something always just happens to take place to distract you from it until you kind of forget where it fades away like for example in this moment as jojo is maybe looking and considering what that could mean there's all of a sudden the summons to okay let's get started with this mission let's get moving what do we what have we got jojo what'd you learn about this uh these creatures that sort of means that like the the shell thing gets shelved as it were hey you, you tell me something happens to make me clam up yeah, it's not like you're being shellfish. It's just some type of effect ah. that's uh, keeping you from <laughs> sharing this with other people. <laughs> okay, I think that's enough of those. <laughs> really bad. Anything else we want to do before we launch in here? I'd like to win. Okay, cool. <laughs> yep. Um, is there any way to view the old um video game video? Did anyone manage to capture it or anything? Or? Oh, the Logistark absolutely has that footage. Um, oh. but. It's not the full commercial. It's not the full ad because mm -hmm. you you and uh, and reaching shut it off. So it's just like maybe a ten second clip. Did we get the name or anything? Or the publisher? No, uh, that is not in there. But I mean, if you want to analyze it, you you can do that for sure. Okay, Ollie will try doing that. I don't know how well they'll be able to do that. Okay, this is probably decipher. Okay, developed by Big Bad Industries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know anything. <laughs> well, you, you're the one, but that means that you get very limited information. Yeah. So what you see, because again, this is a very small amount of footage, and whoever was playing it, as soon as they realized that they were being traced, they like 
nuked everything they could. But the, the 10 seconds of footage is enough when you dig into it to show you that, um, like the Logistarc was saying, this was not a game originally designed to work through the wave. It looks like it's been patched uh, from some other technological infrastructure into something compatible with the wave. And the like footage that you can sort of see, and because you don't have the full advertisement, you can't really tell if it's in-game footage or rendered footage or whatever the case may be but it does appear to be a fully immersive sim and it looks like it's some type of action adventure game like the character in it is holding a weapon and looks to be getting ready to uh, descend into like a dungeon of some sort they're heading into some underground thing getting ready to fight and that's really all there is in the footage ah dragon's dogma 2 <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Who is taking notes for this session? Um, someone with a better memory than me. Yeah, I was not asked to. I don't remember. I can take them. That's what. Thank okay. you. I, I just remember saying we were going to like uh to, to alternate, so we should probably set up an actual schedule for that or something. Mm -hmm. Um, but thank you, Velvet, for taking that on. I'll uh I'll put together some notes for the first part of the session here. Apologies for not bringing that up at the beginning. Um, good. Should we figure out our mission type? Let's go for it. Yeah, with a reconnaissance subversive. Uh, okay, so you've got battle, deception, stealth, technical, social, or transport. So battle is use violence to attack or defend. Deception is lure, trick, or manipulate. Stealth is trespass unseen. Technical is deploy technology or channel transcendent forces. Social, negotiate, bargain, or persuade. And transport, carry cargo or people through danger. Think like the second one. Deception? Oh. Both words. Yeah. Yeah, like, the idea is that it's like, hi, we're going to be your, what is it, like? Tour guides? <laughs> Tour guides. Chaperones? Ch chaperones, that's it. Local guides? I don't Yeah, and then... We're basically trying to figure them out and make sure they don't learn too much or, you know. Okay. Is your is your plan to approach this as if you are uh, officially assigned to them? Or do you want to try and make it seem like, oh, you just you just happen to run into these people? Oh, no. Officially assigned. Okay. Is everyone on board with that one? Seem like we're being honest. Well, I think that it's like Keva is being officially assigned. And I think it would make sense if it was like, oh, these are just other people that we came to run into that are with us. Okay. So the detail for a deception plan is the method of deception, which I think we've just uh, laid out there. You're going to tell them that you're you know, tour guide slash chaperones. Keva is. Keva is. And then the rest of you just happen to be there to help out with that process or show them around. Okay. And load. What load would you all like load out? Is, uh, you've got light, normal, or heavy. Light is the one that allows you to move most freely, pass most naturally to look like you're just going about your regular everyday business. Normal is you look like you're getting ready to do some. You look like you could be getting ready to do something serious, like getting ready to do some serious work or, you know, deal with uh, some problems or maybe getting ready for a fight if that's the look you're going for. But it's uh, obvious with a normal load that you are, it is obvious to people who are paying attention that when you have a normal load, you are ready for some kind of action. And then heavy is, there's no mistaking that you are getting ready to do some serious business of some sort. And you'll probably be more loaded down and less uh, able to move freely. Light, I would say. 
Yeah, probably light. Um, normal always for Ollie. Okay. <laughs> Ollie needs their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Jojo's probably going light per usual. Okay. All right. So Ollie might, you know, look like they are on their way to a work site or something like that. Yeah. You can probably try and pass it off in that way if it comes up. Yeah, Ollie is not exactly running around with a bunch of weapons. It's just a bunch of tools. They yeah. can probably pass as a pack possum. Pack, mm-hmm. pack rat, pack, po- pack possum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, good. Uh, once you provide a choose a plan, provide its detail, we cut to the action. So in order to cut to the action, we need to do an engagement roll. You start with one die for sheer luck. Major advantages, a particularly bold or daring plan. I, I don't think so in this case. Uh, if the plan is particularly effective at accomplishing the goal or exploits a weakness in the target. Um, no. Uh, if a friend, contact, community member can help with the mission. Uh, you've got the Logistark kind of on your side here, so I think that'll be plus one die, because the Logistark can do a lot of different things. Uh, plus one for miscellaneous elements, differences in tier, faction, politics, etc. No plus one there. Plus one from foundations and abilities, pride bonus engagement role. Don't have that one. Major disadvantages. Minus one for overly complex that relies on many factors. No, you're just doing the one lie. <laughs> uh, minus one if the plan is particularly ineffective at accomplishing the goal or targets an obstacle where it's the strongest. This one is... One lie. You mean to tell me these interdimensional um, super capitalists who are trying to infiltrate Medleystead are rather hardened against espionage? Yeah, that's why I'm thinking about this one. I'm... Uh, yeah, I think that's got to be a minus one. Minus uh, rival or enemy is interfering with the mission. Uh, not at this point. And minus one for miscellaneous elements. Um, nothing that I think that will necessarily impact you beyond the fact that these people may or may not be expecting this kind of uh, deception. So that is mm-hmm. one die. And would anyone like to roll that or do you want me to roll it? Let me do it. Okay, you can do it. Real quick, remind me what type of mission this is? Deception. Deception. Perfect. Disgrace. Oh, perfect. Okay. Have... So. <laughs> I got a two, everyone. Remember our first session <laughs> using the dice spot? Mm, oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember those days? Remember when the okay. curve evened out? <laughs> you got a two there. Okay. Uh, so when you roll in your engagement a, uh, a one to three, that means that your starting position is desperate. Now, the good news about starting in a desperate position is that all of your rolls will generate experience, right? So, <laughs> so that's good. Hey. Mm. On the bright side. Mm-hmm. This role describes your approach to the target. So, like, we, we get this impl- implied montage, you know, of, of Keva being like, oh, hi, I've been assigned as your, as your chaperone and, and so on and so forth. And, oh, look, here are my compatriots who just happen to be here. And I think it just, it just doesn't really fly but the people that you are approaching here want you to think that you have succeeded in deceiving them. So they're trying to trick you into thinking that you have tricked them. But we know that they know. But I think you are able to notice, perhaps with like a little heads up from the Logistark, that the group that you have intercepted, like they saw you coming and they split up. So you only have eyes on one set of people, and presumably it's the set of people that is not likely to be doing anything because they're acting as a decoy for you. Okay. So uh, we open up on, you're at a cafe. So there's mm-hmm. this nice cafe. It's uh, it's built up um, in, I don't want to say we're in the bazaar, 
Uh, so it'll be somewhere else, maybe having a cafe. Um, let's see here. Ooh, the spaceport. Okay. So you're, you're all the way up on the mountain in the spaceport here, and uh, you have found yourselves like gradually drawn this way by this group that uh, you are supposedly chaperoning. And you're at this cafe up in the spaceport, and uh, the cafe is an old spaceship. It's uh, because spaceships don't really work here these days. Uh, you can see there's, you know, as usual in the spaceport, there's the whirring of machines all over the place. And there's uh, ships sort of taking off and landing, but like not going very far. They can only go very short distances before whatever it is that prevents long distance flight uh, in this reality takes over and they're, they're forced to return. But, you know, they can make short trips around the city or to the outskirts of the city. There's on one side of you a ship with a glass side, and inside you can see a bunch of Centaurans who are swimming around having their own uh, cafe experience. But you are sitting out here around uh, a couple of round tables with, you've got two people with you. Uh, so you've got a, a pair of people from Cable who are directly in here. There's another two inside the cafe uh, picking up some orders for their compatriots. And yeah, you've, you've managed to get some tables. There's some umbrellas over them to uh, keep the full light of the solar array, which is stronger here up on the mountain, uh, off of you know skins and flesh coverings and body coverings that may not want to have the full weight of that light at all times. And uh, yeah, so there's four of the people that you wanted to keep an eye on out of about 12 that you were hoping to keep your eyes on. Four of them are here with you and you've been drawn all the way up here to the spaceport, to this cafe. Mm -hmm.